While others may differentiate business with pleasure, Mark Candelaria begs to differ. Combining the arts of fine dining, architecture, and travel, his longtime reputation hasn't seen a stain throughout his career in Arizona. To Mark, Candelaria Designs is only an extension of himself, an extension that turns houses into homes and co-workers into family. He hopes that you are able to find the extension of yourself tonight on Chasing Capitalism. Sound. How's that? Okay. Probably I've never had anyone fall asleep during your interview, have you? <laughs> no, or before. <laughs> this oh. might be the first. I'll have to keep him talking more. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. Okay, Mr. Mark Candelaria, yeah. thank you for coming on. You bet. So your career and unique path has kind of been built around inspiration, from what I understand, and you say you get that mostly from, from culture and traveling and food and whatnot. Yep. So how did that originally tie into architecture? How did you realize that was the specific art form that you wanted to, to introduce in your life? Ah, you know, I really kind of got into architecture by, um, by where I grew up. I grew up in Denver and we had this uh, big field behind our house and it was a new area where they were just developing. And so there was a lot of construction going on in the, in the area. And we used to venture, my mom used to take us to model homes and we'd go check them out. And I'm like, wow, this house is incredible, you know? And then I'd get the brochures and I would check those out. And then I would look at the plan and go, well, I can draw that. And, then, and I remembered the house that I'd been through. So I would draw, you know, different designs and I had the Lego set. So then I'd build models. And then we had the back, the big field back there. So I would subdivide the field, sell the lots to relatives when they come to town. Uh -huh. And so I've been doing my shtick to sell lots and sell plans since I was about four. Wow. And so it started really from that. Kind of like Versace. I was I mom guess. used to teach him how to make dresses. Okay. Well, my mom didn't teach me how to make dresses, but, but I, I got the Legos. Yeah, she yeah. gave me Legos instead. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so like I said, you're involved in a lot of different art forms. And for most people, when they hear the word art, they immediately think of a painting on the wall that right. tells a story. They don't realize that there are multiple ways to express it. And oh, yeah. you do that through fashion, cooking, yep. building land, providing people with an area where they feel like they belong is yeah. the biggest thing. So how do you kind of gauge without just talking to the customer? How do you tell what they want? And how do you go above their expectation of what they think that they're gonna get out of one of your house plans? I really try to listen. We really try to involve our clients as we design. Uh, I don't get a list from them and then go design something and present it to them. We really design with them collaboratively. So it really forces us to engage and, and listen to what they want. And once we get the essence of it, then we're allowed to really, you know, give them more than what they're expecting. Okay. And so I love that because it, it really feeds into my AD and D, my ADD perfectly. Because if I had to do the same house over and over every single time, I, I'd go insane. And so I love the fact that I have a client coming in, we need this, we like this, we love this picture. We go, oh, okay, this is something really different. Um, and so something you do with your clients is cook and create a meal at the end of it. And it's so rare to see somebody that ties in what are their oddball passions that doesn't necessarily align with their career and bring it into their career. Did you have any fear about kind of diminishing the brand of what were you what you were going for with architecture by integrating other forms of art such as cooking with your clients or did you find that it actually strengthened your relationship you know i had no fear of it at all i, I think it i automatically knew it would strengthen the relationship because of uh you know we do our tours to italy and spain and stuff and and one of the key moments of the trip is the day we do the cooking class okay we can go look at sites and go here and there and do all that but the day we actually sit in that house and do our cooking class together, it forms a bond that just, I've seen it so many times. We've done, I've done over 20 trips and it's always that day that the bond between those travelers is forever forged. And mm -hmm. it just, 
So I've learned just, I thought, you know what, I need to bring that back. And we've gotten to the extreme of putting a whole kitchen in our, in our office now. Wow. And have people over and, and they love it. We do, you know, originally. Is I that the to, Sunday night that I've heard about? We're, we're trying to get back okay. into it because okay. of everything that's happened okay. last year. Uh, but, you know, I used to cook for clients in their house after the house was completed. Right, right. Well, you know, that can take three years. Yeah. And so what we've done to kind of fill that gap is we've, we've got the kitchen now and we bring people to the, uh, to the office. We bring the builder, we bring the ourselves, our team, the interior designer, the land, I mean, whoever, whoever the team is. And all of a sudden, all of those roles become diminished and becomes people again. And it just forms this great bond that I find that then carries out as we get into the field and we're in the construction. It's stressful, you know? But all of a sudden, everyone's kind of treating each other like a person and not the architect, the builder. Their role. Their role. Their yeah. people, their yeah. friends. So a lot of companies will do that and they'll take their team out for bowling nights or to a bar. But I don't, think I've, I don't think, I've, well, it's better. I don't think I've ever <laughs> heard of somebody, you know, creating something with other people other than work that right. they can work on together rather than just sitting down and having to have a conversation. Exactly. Well, what we're trying to do on. is, I always use the, the tagline, you know, we're, we're more than just a set of plans. I mean, anyone can go get a set of plans from anywhere. Right. We want to create an experience. So, you know, to design and build a house is a two, three year experience. You know, it's, a, it's going to take a lot of time to put that together. Why not make it something enjoyable and memorable and it has really done that for us. It's really differentiated us from our competition. Well, I mean, real estate building is dreadful. Ninety nine percent of the time, if you're the client, but you know, seeing what you guys have done, you know, personally, it's it's great. Yeah. So you co-founded with Vivian, Evelyn, and Meredith. Do I have that right? Actually, I founded the firm in uh, 1999. I, I had been with another firm, uh, CCBG Architects, when I was a partner there for 18 years, and. Um, and in 1999, I left that firm to start my own firm. And shortly thereafter, about a year and a half after I started the firm, Vivian joined as a, uh, as a graduate. Okay. And that's a great story. I'll, I, I've told it many times, but it's probably one of my best stories is I, I started, you know, I started picking up a lot of work and I needed some help. And so I, I put an ad out and Vivian saw the ad. She had just graduated from ASU and you know, she comes into the interview, she's from Puerto Rico. Okay. And she's, she's sitting there talking to me in, in Spanish. And I'm like, I couldn't understand a word. You talk so fast. I couldn't understand a word she was saying. Her work was amazing. Uh, but I was like, this isn't going to work. I can't understand her. And so, you know, I shook her hand, looked her in the eye, shook her, shook her hand, said, you know, thank you, Vivian, for coming in. It was, it was, did a great job. And, uh -huh. You know, thank you very much. And then I went off on one of my trips, came back two weeks later walk in the front door and here's Vivian working, working away. I'm like, how'd that, how'd that happen? Uh -huh. And my front desk guy goes, well, we thought you hired her. She showed up the next day. I said, <laughs> I said no, I didn't hire her. She says, she says, well, so how's she doing? I said, she's doing great. She's amazing. I said, well, well let's keep her. Mm -hmm. So that's how Vivian got in the door. That's hilarious. And she's been with me 21 years and became a partner, I think three, four years ago. Fantastic. And so just another example of, you know, I, there, there's always the, the line that you, success comes with just showing up. Right. She's a classic example of that. I, I was having a great conversation the other week with a guy named Kevin Trilla who runs K2 Adventures. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with him, do a lot of stuff. Um, but, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that human beings separate themselves by a lot of different things, you know, race, money, class, interests, you know, profession. But at the end of the day, if you take all that away and integrate it back to what we used to be in the original concept of society yep. everybody gets along everybody gets the same idea even though you and i don't speak the same language maybe right we still get the same message of hard work yeah and so that's great to see that you know it, it's hard work like, solves a lot of problems it's the story of doing the tedious task in order to get the attention of a higher up yep. which exactly is awesome right. to hear about yeah and i say that all the time i just i say it to my staff all the time i said sometimes you just get to outlast everybody uh-huh you know you just got to keep going keep going keep going and you're ultimately going to get to the finish line where everyone else is going to quit, give up, go to do something else. If you want to achieve your goal, you got to you just you got to just put your nose to the grindstone and go to it. You got to yeah. be Colonel Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard yeah. work. Hard work solves a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, so we talk a lot about cooking and all these other art forms that you've integrated to your main company. How did you 
find the interest so enthusiastically throughout your years? Because a lot of people will go through life working in their career of real estate, or in your case, you know, building homes, and then not really have the time to explore other entities, let alone bring them in. So right. what, what was your first experience with cooking and how did you know that that could further accentuate your company's performance through client relationships? Well, I mentioned the tour. I saw you know, what that experience did for everybody on that tour. And um, you know, I really got into, I cooked a little bit when I was younger. My mom and dad are both great cooks. My mom's a fantastic cook. And um, you know, I, I, I started cooking for friends a little bit when I was in my 20s. And then um, I would spend so many hours drawing and instead of watching sports, which I still like to do, I would put the, cook the Food Network on. And I'd watch Emeril Lagasse, was probably one of my first ins inspiring guys. And I'd watch him do these great dinners. And I'd go, well, hell, I can do that. That doesn't look that hard. So I started, you know, just doing that with clients. And I was like, this is really fun. The, what I loved about it is, you know, to cook a dinner is two, three hours. To do a house, like I said, is two or three years. Right. And you get the same accolade, you only get it in two uh -huh. or three hours. And so um, I just learned that it was a great way to kind of bridge this long experience that takes so long and, and at least break it up into little some components that build that bond. Have you ever thought of going into a different field, specifically cooking into a restaurant? Or is it something that you love so much the way you do it, making money out of it would be kind of a drag? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the diversity of recipes I can do and try and, and change. I, if I had to make the same dish over and over- You don't every, want a menu. Oh my God, I would, I'd go crazy. For a dish or a house, yeah. right? So, yeah. so then the tours is the other thing that we brought to our, our whole repertoire. And that's been something that's just been a great, great thing. It's really built a lot of friendships, uh, not only between me and the people who've been on the tour, but between the people that have been on the tour. Mm -hmm. These people would have never met had it been for the tour. And mo a lot of them have become best friends. So for the people listening, can you give a little bit of a background on you know what you mean when you take your clients and other people to Italy and yeah. share the culture that you're so fascinated with? Yeah, so real quick, it started with a client who wanted to do a, a Tuscan house. Okay. And uh, I said, well, let's go to Tuscany. And he said, well, where is that? That's in California somewhere, isn't it? And I said, no, it's in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh man, that sounds amazing. So let's let's do it. So we did. We had a great, great trip. And he says, you need to start do, doing this. And so I said, all right, well, I'll try it again next year. So I kind of put it out there. And this is before Google Maps and, you know, really email. And I don't even get it. Even, even email had even started yet. And so, you know, I would put these little trips together and all kinds of things would happen, especially without good maps. You know, in Italy, you're trying to read signs. You can't figure anything out. You don't know. It's probably better for the bonding though. Oh having to navigate yeah, the city we'd together. We'd lose people yeah. and I had to find people and it was, it was Bar hopping crazy. must have been a disaster. Yeah, we had, some, we had, some, <laughs> I had a lot of interesting stories. Uh, but the one thing I learned from, from all those trips was the art of putting the right group of people together to go on the trip. And so we, we spent a lot of time really kind of figuring out who, you know, we get good interest. And I really try to pick the right group of people that I know when they go on that trip, they're gonna have just a fantastic time. And we do, to, to make sure that happens, we do a pre-tour dinner. Okay. Bringing food back in again. Yeah, to the occasion. yeah. We do a pre-tour dinner and uh, really just kind of analyze how everyone's getting along. Okay. And it's great because it gives everyone an opportunity to break the ice, get to know each other. And so the first day of the tour, they're already, they're already getting right into it. And you it. an excuse to cook. Yeah. So, and we, a lot of times we'll do it, like we've done it at Marcelino's, we've done it at Tommy okay. Tommaso's. So we try to get it out. And we have done Mix it, it where we've done it at the house, but it's kind of nice to do it in a restaurant. So the whole burden doesn't come on me. Do you have a similar system to kind of gauge if you want to do business with the client? Yeah. I mean, some of the best jobs I ever got are the jobs I didn't get. You've heard that line before. Uh, so, you know, we just try to, we try to make sure that the people we're going to be working for or with uh, really do want more of an experience than a set of plans, right? Because if they just after a set of plans, we're not the right fit, mm -hmm. you know. And especially the older I've gotten, time becomes a, a limiting, you know, a, a limiting factor. It, it only becomes that much more important that you know I spend the next three years with someone I'm going to really have a lot of fun with, right? So and keep you on track. Yeah. Well, whether you realize it or not. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of people think this about you. You're more of a brander than a businessman. <laughs> I mean, you set up a business to brand over what? Different arts. Yeah. You know, whether whether you realize it specifically or not. But I mean, 
cooking, culture, fashion, traveling. I mean, that's kind of your era. And, and giving back is the yep. most important part, which we actually have an episode coming out yep. later this season just on that with Kevin, which is going to be great. But yep. And, and I, I think that's great that you have that perspective because a lot of people don't realize that about, you know, that is the ultimate goal of acquiring assets and making money for both yourself and others is trying to give it back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, giving back is a big part of our organization. Uh, what makes work not work is when you're having fun. Right. And so all of these things have just made what we do more of an experience, not only for our clients, but for us. You know, we're, we're looking forward to the trip. We're looking forward to that dinner. We're looking back and go, man, that dinner was fun. You know, and you bump into something, God, we had a good time. It's like, you know, if I just had to work every day, I would, again, I'd go crazy. You, you kind of have to keep yourself in check and remind yourself that what really matters is relationships. It, a lot totally. of people get caught up in the materialism of, and I, it drives me crazy when people associate nice trips and experiences with materialism. Yeah. Because to me, that's the opposite. Yeah. You know, if you're soaking in what the world has to offer and meeting new people, I mean, that's the best part. That's why I love doing this show and why I'm sure you love yeah. doing yours is because yep. you get to talk to so many cool people. Yeah. And I think the more perspective you get not only with food and culture and traveling and business and people it's like there's never enough no because you could be on this earth for 500 years and change situations multiple times because of what you come to know yeah absolutely no i mean it's it's pretty much endless and that's that's another thing i love about it is every client is different and the more you get to know them and learn their story and how they got to be where they are it's just so fascinating you know and i've been fortunate to work with super famous athletes, uh, CEOs of amazing companies. And when you shake it all out, you realize they're just people like the rest right. of us. Right. You know, I think people forget that sometimes. And, uh, you know, everybody's just trying to get through the, get through life and get through the world. And, and um, I've seen people that are super, super wealthy. And I've seen people that are, you know, pretty, pretty average. And the wealth does not add to your happiness. It I, doesn't. I, I mean, it, it does in a superficial way, but I've seen a lot of wealthy people that are, are not very happy. And I've seen a lot of people that are not wealthy that are extremely happy. Something that um, I came up with a while ago and something that I've always said is money cannot buy happiness, yeah. but it can buy freedom. Yeah. And for some people, that freedom is able to provide other people with happiness and yeah. therefore let you do what you love. Yeah. Let you do a random cooking class in Italy for the weekend. Right. You know, I do my best when I'm not worried about what I'm going to get versus, you know, just what am I going to give? Right. When I'm when I'm focused on what am I going to give, whether it's cooking a dinner, whether it's giving to a charity, whether it's working with a client versus, gosh, I wish I had that car. I wish I had, you know, it's such a waste of it's such a waste of energy. And I think a lot of people should just be grateful for what they do have and figure out what they can do to give back to others right than just so worried about i don't have what that guy has i don't have this it just to me it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't give you it doesn't bring you happiness living life as a competition is a life wasted because you're never going to be on top no you're never going to be on top that's just it and why do you think jeff bezos has been dumping shares of amazon ever since day one you know historically yeah. speaking empires only last 250 years yeah. how long do people live 80 yeah. to 100 yeah, years. That's just it. How long does a career last for you? It's too short. And you don't take it with so you. So you might as well enjoy it because nobody's watching. That's and that's right. what a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the thing that drives me crazy is this generation is so obsessed with appearing wealthy than, at, than actually working for the opportunities to be wealthy. Right. You know, they'd yeah. rather give up a front and live in a closet behind the scenes than, <laughs> you know, do what they need to do to support themselves for the future in the best way possible. Yeah. And everyone expects, you know, especially, I think, younger generations now, just because of how the media and social media and everything works, everyone is looking for instant gratification, yes. instant satisfaction. And it's just like what you said. I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff takes a lot of time and mm -hmm. a lot of hard work and a lot of effort. Well, I mean, when you were a kid and you probably didn't do it yourself, but when your parents or somebody ordered something online, you know, how long would that take? two to three yeah. weeks a month. Well, one, one, yeah, well, there a was month. no online when I was a kid. So. Well, not as a kid, but you know what I mean before yeah. anybody named their kid Jeff Bezos. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. we used to order stuff on, on the Montgomery Ward's catalog. Uh-huh. You know? Right. That, that's a better example, actually, is out of a magazine. Yeah, it, would take, it would take two or three months yeah. for stuff to show up. But boy, it was a fun day when it did. 
you know, it, and we, it makes we, you appreciate patience a whole lot more, doesn't exactly it? Exactly right. Yep. And it kind of teaches you to play the long game. Whereas you, you wonder why there are so many day traders nowadays. And it's like, well, when you shove an iPad in front of your, their face and give them access to an Amazon account and they can order something and have it the next day, exactly, they're going to want to turn that profit the next day. That's exactly and so right. they're not focused on relationships and meeting new people yeah. and not doing stuff for the money. And well, that's, and that's something I think is, I, that I'm hearing more and more of all of a sudden, you know, we were all locked up with, with the Zoom and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, you know, I've been listening to a lot about business travel. Like, you know, are people going to go to do trips to go close a deal? And, oh, no, we can do it by Zoom. Well, I just heard a couple people say, you know, what? actually we hopped on a plane and we went over there and we closed the deal. And the other guy said, well, I was on Zoom. I couldn't, I couldn't close it. I uh -huh. said, yes, you didn't make the effort. To... So I think right. there's going to all of a sudden be this thing again. Well, it is, relationships are what matter <clears throat> in business totally, and in life. Totally. Totally. You know, so how do you I, think you have a client and hold it? Yeah. I'm off to Jamaica next week to do the very, that very thing. Very cool. So Very cool. Going to go uh, meet with this guy that uh, found us on social media and uh, loves our work. He's been promoting our work. And he goes, I want you to design our house. So I'm going to meet him in Jamaica, in Jamaica. Incredible. Yep. What's the architecture like down there? Never had. You know, what he seems to be attracted with us is, is kind of a Spanish colonial kind of Spanish modern. Okay. Is what I think I want to work with him. But again, I'm going to listen to what he wants to do. Yeah. And fulfill, you know, the dream. This is his dream. You're kind I'm of just, like a fairy I'm a godfather. I'm just a yeah. facilitator of his dream. Uh-huh. You know? Right. Which, fine for me. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean... Patience is just so important in any way you look at it. I well, mean, the other thing you said that, that I, I use as a tagline all the time with customers is I'm always, we're always thinking of things in terms of the marathon, not the sprint. Right. We're always going to make our decisions based on what's going to be best for the long game, not the short game. And boy, has that proven right so many times. Like we'll plant a seed that you may not see the benefit of that for 10 years, but because I planted that seed, and I planted another seed a day later and another seed a day later with no expectation of those coming true in the next year or five years. But when you plant them in, it's the Johnny Appleseed phenomenon. You know, all of a sudden you've got, you got trees popping up everywhere you look 10 years down the road. Right. But had I not planted those trees 10 years earlier, I wouldn't be living in this lush forest that I'm living in now. I, Does that make sense? You literally brought up the emphasis of this podcast. So, you know, our motto is bringing the knowledge of the leaders of today to the generation of tomorrow. But yeah. the reason why the ethos is because we want to teach kids to be able to play the long game. Play the long and game. this is why I have the Ibbotson chart in the back of me, which I'm sure you know. But for people that don't know, this chart right here compares small stocks, large stock, government bonds, treasury bills, all along with inflation for 100 years. This chart started in 1926 in the Great Depression. And if you put $1 into small cap stocks back then, it will have grown at an annual 12.1% rate, which would have gotten you $33,000 today. Imagine if you put $5,000 in back then. Yep. And like you said, it's all about planting seeds. Yep. And there are a lot of different ways to skin a cat in that instance. You know, you can still make a profit with all of these, maybe well, yeah. not bonds, but, um, you know, like you do, real estate. You yep. know, those seeds are relationships with clients. Yeah. When the whole pandemic thing started, you know, I remember the market dropped, I don't know how many points that, that first month. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going anywhere. And the airlines might not going to be fly for a while, but everything's, you know, things will come back to normal again. Right. Because I, I, obviously I've been through some of these calamities and you just learn that sometimes, you know, those are the best opportunities. No, those are. You know, because everyone else is panicking and you're just like, okay, well, I'm not going anywhere. So I'm going to, I'm just going to buy these things while they're dirt cheap. Well, yeah. No. And, and the, the thing that my perspective has always been, you know, after reading, you know, several, all the books I've read on the matter yeah. actually is... You know, at the end of the day in society, if the market fails to a point where society crashes and there is no more civilization, then why would I care about the assets that I own? Because right. that's it, not what's going to be valuable then. It's going to be getting food and water. And right. It's not going to matter protecting your family. It's not. Yeah. So why would I have any fear of losing it by buying low when there's an opportunity? That's exactly right. You know, and, and also finding some comfort in doing, you know, something more safe rather than gambling with a crypto or, you know, a, a small startup that is going through well, that's what I was a huge capital loss. It's like, why not just buy it, you know, an index that has no yeah. maintenance fee and then just let it do its thing over the period of the crash. Yeah. Well, yeah. Instead of crypto, you could have bought two by four lumber and you right. probably would have done better. Like I said, a lot of different ways to skin a cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. So who knows? I mean, you know, the world's going to keep going on whether we're here or not. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. I think people get a little too caught up 
in who they are and what they're doing. And, you know, I look at famous people and sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll ultimately perish and die. And you go, oh, did they die? And you go, oh, yeah, they did die. How come I didn't, I never heard about them? Well, they were famous and I didn't hear about it. Right. So what the hell do you think is going to happen to me? And it kind of goes back to the, the thing that, you know, nobody is watching you. A lot of people think, and it, at this point in life especially, which is why I felt it was so important to do this show. Yeah. Because... 99% of the kids that are under 18 never have conversations like these. They never read a book to understand market psychology. You know, they don't understand macroeconomics or anything of the sorts. Yeah. And it's all just because of, you know, in, in my opinion, poor financial parenting. Yeah. You know, in my opinion, if you are financially literate and you know how to manage your assets and the difference between an asset, a liability, then you can do whatever you want and be successful. Sure. And you don't need money to make money. You know, yeah, so I, I think it's very important that kids obtain those special set of skills early on so that they're prepared to do whatever profession they want to do. Yeah. And like I, I was saying this with Kevin as well, I'm kind of repeating the conversation here, but, you know, school teaches kids how to work for money. Yeah. Whereas you, you know, founded your own company and you still do work. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like work, does it? No. And, and, right. You know, I, I was going to school. I was going to school at ASU uh, to be, be an architect. And as life turned out, I, I had to quit. And when I quit, I had to get a job. Mm -hmm. And so I found a job for one of the professors as his drafts person and worked my way up the old fashioned way. And, that, and that's another thing that I think that our society is not giving a lot of these kids the opportunity to gain traction in a career other than through college. Mm -hmm. And I'm a real believer that we need, to, we need to do more to get kids opportunities that isn't through the college path. I think there's a lot of apprenticeship type paths that are possible, especially in our field in construction and, and design. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at my buddies that went through ASU. They came out, they were 100,000 in debt. And when they got out, I was their boss. And I had no debt. Right. You know, because I went right to work. So. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go <laughs> all anti on you, but for me, the only instance in which debt is appropriate is when it's cheaper than equity. Yeah. For me, that's the only time it'll make sense. So why would you as an 18 year old that, you know, hasn't picked up a financial book in your life or had any worldly experiences, no internships, nothing, go into debt and then just to work your way out of it for the rest of your life? Wouldn't right. you rather take the four years and take the debt instead of equity and build something instead? Yeah. At least well, that's, that's the simple example. There's a well, lot more to it. Yeah, and I think now, you know, I mean, people are going to live, people are going to live to hundred. I mean, Oh I, no, they will. It's with the technology. New, that's going to become the new norm. So why do you think healthcare is yeah, so going through what it is? If you're 18, why would you, if, if, if I had to do it all over again, I would do probably very similarly to what I did. I would, I, I wouldn't go right from high school to college. I would go work for, 10 years and really figure out what the hell it is I want to do. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, realize how hard it is to work and what working means right. versus going and take some degree and I don't know, underwater basket weaving uh -huh. and be a hundred thousand in debt, get this bogus degree. And then you're going to have to go work anyway, but you have all the debt on top of it. Mm -hmm. Why don't go out there in the world and figure out who you are, what you want to do, what you're passionate about, and then lock in on where you want to go. If you go to college to find yourself, you're only going to lose yourself. There are way yeah. too many open-ended opinions going around to really navigate what you believe in and what yeah. you don't. Yeah. Well, I just think some of these colleges are just a big Ponzi scheme, to be honest with you. So, I mean, I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> you know, I, I can't say the same because I'm going to school. But like I told my dad, I'd, I'd much rather get my hands wet now and, you yep. know, do something and build it. But yep. at the same time, you know, society needs people with an education. Otherwise, yeah. we and they also need people that that can work. Right, right. You know, you know and, and not everybody is meant to think the same way, no. which which is why society operates. If everybody wanted to be the entrepreneur that's eating ramen and debt free, and right. you know, taking his paycheck and putting it back into the company, well, then he would have no employees. Right. Society crash. That's you right. Know? Yep. Which thankfully will never happen because, believe it or not, not a lot of people are motivated in life. Yeah. So. No, yeah. that's the that's the thing. I mean, that's why I tell my kids all the time. I said, look, just just outwork your competition. 90% of the competition you're dealing with will not work very hard at all. Well, because they're in it for the paycheck. Yeah. So you, you, right away, if you just put the effort, you're already ahead of 90%. Right. Okay. Go a little further. It's easy to get to the next nine, next 5%. You're up to 95% now. Well, guess what? You're probably, if you get to 95%, you're probably going to succeed. It's kind of, it's kind of similar to the quote that, I don't know if, I think it was Munger and not Buffett, but he said, you know, the first 
one million is a bitch, but after that it gets a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. It's like the first 95%, uh, it's pretty doable, but after that you kind of got to figure it out. It's very true, Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, th that's the other thing I love about what I've been blessed to, to do in my life is in architecture and the people I get to meet, I've learned so much and I keep learning. That's, that, that's what I think is just so great about what I've gotten to do is it's, it never ends. It's just, I'm learning every day. I'm learning something new. A lot of adults tell me it's fun to learn once you're old because, <laughs> because nobody wants to learn as a kid. I guess not. And, and even, even if, you know, I have all these gripes with high school and college, <laughs> even if they did teach, you know, against, you know, avoiding taxation through, you know, corporations and whatnot and strategic financial planning, kids still wouldn't listen. Yeah. They still don't listen in history class, do they? Yeah. And history is the most important topic because if you don't understand the past, then how are you going to gauge the future yeah. according to the past? It's yeah. like, then you're going to have to figure it out again yourself and then you're back at square one by the end of your life. Yep. You got to first understand the past. The definition so. of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. Expecting different results. Baseball coach told me that all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, true. But no, yeah, it is. And, you know, kids aren't motivated. You know, they, they're not motivated because stuff isn't appealing. You can't give a kid vegetables and say, eat it without giving him dessert with the vegetables, right. you know? So that's what we're kind of trying to do with this is it's great. treat it as dessert, as eye candy. But when you get down to listening to the conversation, you're getting the vegetables that you need to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, with my kids, it's the same thing. I'm really trying to instill this into them. I just, I wonder sometimes if I'm reaching them, uh -huh. but my older daughter who's 33, I see her, you know, acting out some of the things that I tried to tell her when she said, I said, okay, she, she did listen to me. This is great. You, uh -huh. know? you don't think so at the time, Yeah. but eventually you see it kind of soak in. So I've, I've learned you just got to keep, keep chipping away at it. You know, something me and my father have done a lot recently is it really helps to write something out to really get all your thoughts out there yeah. and just to read it back. And then you learn by reading your own words and it kind of reminds you what, you know, yeah. you stand for and what you believe in. Yeah. No, I mean, journaling is a great, is a great thing. Yeah. And nobody has to read it. Yeah. You're pretty much writing your, you. you're writing your own book at the end of the day. If you That's keep exactly planning right. a seed of a page every yep. single day, yeah. absolutely stuff you learn. Yep. And I, I, you know, some people actually pull out a book and write in a journal. And what I try to do with social media, is I just try to document every day what's kind of track going it. on yeah. and track it. And then I look back and I go, oh yeah, I remember doing that. You so get the Facebook it's, flashback. It's oh, I, I just, built this house, honey. Remember yeah, that? It's my journal that yeah. I just share with everybody. Yeah. You know, so it's, cool. it's been kind of fun. I mean, I, I look at your work and I'm like, wow, that is a beautiful house. You know, you know, and what's fun about it is I'll, I'll drive down a street and, and I'll look, you know, I did that house 25 years ago and yeah. there it still is and people are still enjoying it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how, how wonderful that is. And I don't want to pick on any other professions, but we'll pick on accounting, let's just say, you know, or tax. What tax Buffett return. does is all he does is read balance sheets and yeah. analyze companies. Right. You know, I, I think in this world and especially in this generation, since we're exiting the industrial stage, there needs to be a lot more hands on invention and building yeah. like you do. You build stuff for people that, you know, there are consumers for rather than analyzing and investing and right. doing every single bit of business according to a calculation rather than a relationship. Yeah. And sure, you can say, well, I have a relationship because I align with the morals of this company, which is why I'm going to invest in it. But at the end of the day, that's over a screen. Like you said, Zoom doesn't get the job done. You got to fly to Jamaica to make the investment. To make it happen, yeah. yeah. No, and that's why I say I love, I love being creative. I think that's the other thing is, is I think a lot of people need to look for avenues where they can be, be creative. And be true to themselves. Yeah, and just produce something. I mean, you, you look at one of the houses and you say, well, who would live or build in something like that? And I'm like, well, a guy in a plaid jacket, and, you know, checkered <laughs> shirt, probably has glasses, white middle-aged beard, like tan. It's hey, like middle-aged, I'll the take middle-aged, yeah. that's good. Yeah, but I mean, you fit the bill of what you do, yeah. which 90% don't, yeah. you know. Well, I just, I am who I am, yeah. you know, and it's, it's been great. I mean, I've had a, I've had a great life. I'm hoping my life keeps going for a few more years. Uh, I look back at everything that's happened and I'm like, if, if I would had written down when I was 20, what I'm doing today, that would have been my dream. I would have been like, if I could go to Jamaica next week and yeah. work on a house that's 64,000 square feet and sit on the podcast with, with you. I mean, I'm like, wow, seriously, that's what I'm going to do when I'm 60, 60 years old. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So it is. I don't take it for granted. Let's put it that way. I, I, I've got a beautiful wife who survived cancer. Uh, I've got three lovely daughters. My mom and dad are still alive. And I think that's the other part of life is, 
again, going back to what I said earlier, is everyone wants something they don't have and they, they're, they're not happy where they are right now. If you really take the time to just think about what you really do have and be grateful for what you do have and not focus on what you don't have, you'll find that you're, you can create a better state of bliss for yourself looking at life that way than right. looking at life the other way. And advice is so valuable too. Yeah. Which for me is, you know, this this whole show is an investment not only for viewers but for myself because I'm sure. still getting as much as they are out of the conversations. Yeah. yeah. Just to so talk to a lot of different people. That's been the big secret for me is just, yeah. you know, look at every day and there's stress, there's problems. And I just had a conversation with one of my staff members the other day. He's like, oh my God, I got this. What's this? Has look. look where you're sitting. You're sitting on this corner desk. You've got the view of all of Scottsdale. I said, you've got this little problem here, but look where you are. Look what you're doing. Look what you get to solve. He's like, I never thought about it that way. Will it matter in a year? It won't no. matter. It won't, won't matter, matter tomorrow. It won't matter yeah, tomorrow. Exactly. That's exactly what I told him. I said, Can't get caught up. You know what? Up. Tomorrow, there'll be a new problem that you'll be all stressed out about. And this problem, you won't even remember. If everything went perfectly, people would get boring. Yeah. So I, I, I just say, you know what? It's 24 hours of the day. Work on this problem. Don't worry about it. Something's going to happen. The world's not going to end. Just like you said with the stock market. Right. Tomorrow, there'll be some new problem. It's like, don't, don't let it ruin your day. You have, this is the only day you have. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, everyone's so caught up in this problem, that problem. It's like, look at what you've got. Look at what you get to do. Look right. what you get to work on. You know, flip it around in your brain and then look at the problem. And all of a sudden, you're going to look at that problem completely differently. And you're going to go, oh, well, I just need to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's just the other trick I've learned is, is I've learned not to let things worry me so much because it's a big waste of energy it is it's huge waste of energy. stressing out worrying what people think doesn't matter yeah they're not going to remember they're not going to remember i mean look at the news no one watches the news anymore because you, every day there's a different story no one remembers what the story was last week I don't so that's the, the news. news that's the world and it doesn't matter yeah so it's like i think i turn on tucker maybe once a week yeah. and that's a stretch i gave up watching the news it's yeah. a big waste of time yeah so stuff like this, I mean, listening to podcasts, reading books, that's what, you know, really turns my wheels. And yeah, and what's going. great about today is that, you know, I've never been a great reader. I love books. I've got thousands of them. I read snippets here and there. Sure. But again, my ADD kicks in and I, I can't get through the book, but I love audiobooks. Yes. That's great. Because I can drive and listen and to an audio shower and do everything else. So we live in this, tech, in this world where there is a plethora of opportunities to to gain knowledge and, and great gain wisdom that you just need to take advantage of. Right. You know, so yeah. I love it. I yeah. love all that stuff. And even YouTube. I mean, oh, when God. you, when you were growing up, were you able to look up a video of how to build a house, <laughs> how to, how, how to set all the, you know, this is probably not your case, but you know, a, a LLC or, you know, what is the difference between ABC or D? Yeah. But, no, but today it's so easy and nobody does it because they're, they take it for granted. I love YouTube. I watch hours of it. Yeah. Again, when I'm sitting on my, on my drafting table working on something, like the other day I had a YouTube, and I just let it kind of search its own. I'll start, I'll, I'll start something. You go down it, the rabbit hole. And I start going down the rabbit hole, yeah. Yeah. And I found this, or YouTube found this great video of a guy just walking through Tuscany. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's walking through Siena. I go, oh, I know where that street. I know that corner. Uh-huh. And it, it, he's not talking. He's not doing it. He's just walking down different parts of different streets of different cities in Italy. I, I can see you light up when you talk about it. Oh my it. God. It's just, I'm yeah. like, and I couldn't, I mean, obviously I can't go there right now. And just to sit there and watch it. And I go, I know there's a great, you know, there's a great uh, uh, gelato spot right on the corner. Sure enough, that's where he walked. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that. And it's like, it, I know it's mindless. But it's kind of meditative. Well, know? it's background noise. Yeah. And you know, if you listen to enough of it, you're bound to retain at least the important Oh, yeah. Points, all, you know? Everything goes into your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it, it's a lot of it isn't the information. If I read a book, I probably can't repeat to you the top 10 biggest bullet points. Right. But when it comes up in conversations like this, it's like, oh, well, I, I do know what you're talking about. Right. You know, and then you can kind of speak on it later. So it takes yeah. a little bit to settle in. But Absolutely. If you have enough of it, you know, never, there's never too much. No, there's never know? too much. That, yeah. That's the part I love about it is there's, there's so many opportunities to learn, which is like I was saying earlier. And that's the part I love about travel is travel is such a tank filler for me as a creative person mm-hmm. because, you know, every day you drive to work, you're, your subconscious is seeing the same scene every day. You don't even, you know, I'm You're sure. You're doing it subconsciously. It happens to me when I'm driving my car and then I'll get 
to somewhere that I go every single day. And I'm like, like, well, I don't, I, I don't even remember that. Drive. How did I get here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I love when I travel because it's the complete opposite. Right. You know, I'm seeing, I'm getting just bombarded with all this great visual, sensory, smell, taste, sound. And it's just awesome. When I come back from a trip, I have so many new ideas and so many thoughts. And, right. And so I, I, again, going back to if I was 18 again, that's what I would do. I would travel. Yeah. And I would, I would take two, three years. My dad did the exact same odd thing. odd jobs. Yeah. I mean, who cares, you know? Yeah work here and get exposed to different cultures, different people, and just really learn about the world. Right. You know, I mean, you can learn so much on on YouTube and, and things like that, but to actually physically get out there and have dinner with someone from a different culture, different race, you know, and, and realize when you get around the table, you're just all people. I, I think the biggest thing, you know, to take away from this conversation is that knowledge only is only potential power. Yeah. You know, knowledge can it's give how you, you, what you, which, what you do with right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, so you can be given the shovel, but you have to dig the hole. Oh yeah. You got to dig yeah. the hole. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Digging the hole is where the, where the experience and the knowledge really comes from. Well, that's where it's fun is yeah. applying. What, what becomes learned. yours. Right. You know, no one can take away that you did that work. Right. And that you hold on to that. You hold on to the fact that I spent eight hours drawing that thing or making that dinner all day long. You right. Know? And it soaks into your brain. That recipe, I know it now. Yeah. I don't have to read it 15 times. I, I've got it memorized. It's rewarding using your hands yeah. and building something. And your mind. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same thing. Like you play a song on the piano or you cook a dinner or you draw a house house plan. When you do it, it becomes, it becomes, in your, it goes into your soul. It's so good for your brain too. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, you know how many people just spend their day watching Netflix and well, you know, I see with, being comfortable. I see, with, I see with clients and friends, though I, I've worked with people that are in their, I, my barber is a good example. 94 years old, cuts my hair, and I know it's not hard to cut my hair, uh, but he, he probably, I bet you he cuts probably five or six people's hair a day Sure. at 94. And he does it for like five, six hours a day. Yeah. You know, and he's talking, he's got conversations going. Well, he could have, he, he said, I could have quit when I was 60 and I'd be sitting around watching Oprah all day. I mean, you think he'd be alive at 94? I, I doubt it. Yeah. You know, so the fact that you keep busy and you keep active and you keep your brain engaged and you keep meeting people. And mm -hmm. I think that's the key to, to longevity. Not falling into a pattern of sorts. Yeah. Well, just you, your brain goes dead. You know, I think your body follows right along. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So a lot of people need that structure to be given to them. You know, a lot yeah. of people you'll ask them, well, oh, I'm passionate about this. I want to be a scientist. And it's like, okay, well, you could work for somebody as a scientist. Or why don't you own your own private practice of a lab? Right. Not a lot of people have the mentality of, well, whatever I do that I love, I can own it somehow. I don't care what it is. You know, oh, you yeah. like fishing? Own a, <laughs> look at the guys who started Bass Pro Shop. Started out yeah. as a little shop in, oh, I forget what state, but it was, it was one singular little shack. Yeah. And they sold lines and reels and whatnot. And it was kind of, similar to the story of Ray Kroc. Yeah, know? I think, you know, when I look at my career and I look at other people that I've either worked with or have gone on their own, I think there is just a difference in people that an entrepreneur is a certain breed of person, okay? I don't think everyone is cracked up to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's a leader. No, they're not. You know, and some people are, I, I've seen, I've seen lots of people that are super uber successful working in their role in the company, not as the owner, but as a really key contributor and have done fantastic. You know, if, if you told them to go out and start their own, they, they'd look like deer in the headlights. And they're the people that lead the people that start their own. You know, it, yeah. it's kind of like what we said is everybody has their role to play. Yeah, exactly and no matter right. what it is, you got to do your best job at it. Yeah. You and know? just because you aren't an owner, it doesn't mean it's bad. Well, no. And if you enjoy it, you know, yeah. you, you look at, and you're I mean, contributing. God, I've had so many teachers throughout my life that just absolutely love what they do. And, you know, they're, they're the big reason for a lot of the decisions I've made in my own life. You right. know, I, I had one teacher that really, really impacted a lot of the, the decisions I made throughout high school. And, yep. you know, it, it, kids need people like that. They oh, need yeah. a third party role to be supportive. Well, and, I always use the football team and yeah. not everybody on the team can be Tom Brady. Right. You know, but if Tom Brady didn't have the right guard, left tackle, all the people to, to, Make Tom Brady Tom Brady. Right. He wouldn't be Tom Brady. And the people that like making making Tom Brady himself love doing it. Yep. So, yeah. So it takes a team. It takes it a does. you know, it takes a good team. Yeah. So yeah. And you've assembled your yours well, clearly. I mean you're, I spend a lot I, I I put a lot of time and effort into who's 
on our team. It's super, super important. And mm -hmm. when I find, you know, I've, I've, I've learned to distrust my instincts. So if I can, if I sense someone is not right, if I get that little vibe like, hey, this, that didn't feel good. Right. I really pay attention to it and I go, okay, yeah, this person's not going to, this person's not going to meld into the team. And just the reverse, you get someone that, you know, all of a sudden they do something, you go, wow, that was really good. Look at the effort they put there. I go, okay, I'm on the right track. This person, that yeah. you can develop this person. Uh -huh. So it's, it's super, super important. You've heard this saying before, who you hang out with. Yeah, but we, okay. we literally just had a huge conversation on that. It's, the, it's, it's you're the four important. people you hang out the most. Right. Basically. No, you are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's super important that not only who you hang out with, who you work with, who you're married to, who you, you know, who your three or four best friends are, it has a big impact on who you ultimately become. Right. So yeah. That's another big piece of advice I would say is, you know, make sure you're really conscientious of who you're spending your time with. Not a lot of people trust their intellect. It's, or their it's, instincts. It's confusing. And they're the most reliable source at the end of the day. Yeah. You That's can, one thing is, uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten much better at listening to that little voice. It's usually right. It's usually it right. It usually is. Yep. You know, it, it's something weird about humans and, you know, them navigating businesses. I don't know how we got to this point. I don't think anybody does, but it's weird. Yeah. You can sense stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, in, in my business, I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of amazing successful people and how they've done it and, and watched and learned from them and uh it's just fascinating how uh how some of these people do things and there's no set uh there's no right methodology. way yeah no yeah no I mean, right i way. see some of these people that like i look at them and how they operate and i go oh my god they're a total tra tra train wreck how are they doing this somehow they do it somehow it works for them uh-huh you know but when i deal with them it's like oh my god they're so disorganized that I don't know if they're just brilliant or geniuses or what it is. Right. But there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh -huh. And just the flip side, there's there's clients that are like so organized, so thorough. I go, okay, I get it. I see why they're successful. Those are the best people to have on your team. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, you know, them having pick up the slack where you leave off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's That's again, like sports, you know, Kobe Bryant throws up the ball or here's Shaq. He catches it and dunks it. Sure. You know, it's like when you get that, when you get that team together that can do that, it's it's just the best. I mean, it's just having so the right awesome. chemistry and oh energy. My God, it's so much fun. And everybody that compliments off each other. Exactly. Yep. So I, I enjoy that. And again, it, you know how I've done that in my work life. I try to do it in my personal life. Same same thing. Is yeah. Get with people that really fulfill. You know, we all enjoy getting together for dinner. We have great conversation. I mean, your dad's a classic example of that. Uh, and the one thing that again, as I get older, I wish I could have dinner with your dad every night. You know, and there just isn't enough time. That's right. the, that's the part that for me is is very sad. Right, is I would love to spend more time with your father uh -huh. and other friends that I I have. I just I'm I'm really fortunate. I got a lot of friends. Well, and also you're doing what you what you love. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. No, I'm very very grateful for that. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it's um. What was Carnegie's book? Winning. Winning Friends and Influencing People. Yeah, I read yeah. that book when I was about seven. It's a really good read. Oh, it's a great one. Napoleon Hill's books, yep. uh, Think Rich or Grow yep. Rich, or yep. whatever it is. Those yeah. are great books. Yeah. I don't know how I got them when I was seven, but somehow, I don't know, my mom had them and I found them and read Lucked them. out, yeah. So all that stuff has been in my brain for a long, long time. I think time. some of the best advice isn't what's critical, but it's rather, you know, through relationships is what's important, you yeah. know, because they, they talk about, uh, you know, really, really big cats in the book. And at the end of the day, they're not successful because of their knowledge and business, because they hire the people that are knowledgeable, that are successful because of their ability to navigate relationships. Yeah. Well, another thing that those books taught me was, you know, setting a goal and setting a vision is a, is a really big key to success too. I think a lot of people are, you know, using my Italy tour. I mean, imagine going on a tour and not knowing where you're going. Right. You know, got to have oh, a guide. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. to Italy. Well, how are you getting there? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to start going, you know. On the flip side, I think there's a lot of people that are so afraid to ever make a trip or do a trip and they're frozen. You know, there's frozen not Those moving are, anywhere. They're kind of like people that stay in their hometown. Yeah. I, I wanted one thing out of college and it was not to go here. That's all I cared <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. You know, wherever I ended up, it would be great, but I just did not want to stay in town. Yeah. So yeah. I think sometimes you got to you got to set your vision. You got to set a goal. And then, you know, really be clear cut on what you want to do and where you want to go, but realize 
there is no straight path. I can lay out the best trip to Italy and there'll be hiccups along the way, but it doesn't mean I give up the trip. And that's also what makes it fun and that's interesting. It, that's right. where those great stories come from, you know? So I tell people, well, set a goal, get out there, start doing it. A lot of people want, wait for utter perfection to start. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? Just start. Yeah. You know where you want to go, start. And you can aim, you can aim the arrow to the target and as you go. 99% of the time, the excuse is, well, I don't know. It's an excuse. I don't know how to come up with no, it. So what it's, it's excuses excuse. are just a waste of time. No, it's a laziness. Yeah. It's, a, it's excuse is just another way of being lazy. Right. And so. everybody has them, you know. Yeah. Even I'm sure you've had a few. I always have them. But, you know, it's the ability to tell yourself, you know what? No, I'm going to do this. Just get out there and start doing it. This almost didn't happen. And then I was fortunate. <laughs> fortunate enough to meet Bonnie, who set the whole thing up, and then Darby took care of the film work. Yeah. You know, you've got to kind of, again. Was it perfect the first time you did it? No, of no. course not. This but one is it, this one isn't going to be perfect. <laughs> but this they, is, this they, is, they get better every time you do this it. This is though, the right? first season, you know, so this is a learning curve, just yeah. like every business, you know, their, their first time at an IPO, their first time raising capital from, you know, a venture yep. capitalist. It's, it's all their first time. Yep. And that's how you learn is by making mistakes. Absolutely. Your that's second season will be the first time. Your third season will be the first time. Right. Be the first time you did the third season. Right. So you're constantly, constantly learning, constantly fine tuning. That's the other thing that we, we, we really strive in our company is like, we're not anywhere close to the finish line and where we want to be. Because every year we're at the, we're at the starting line of the, of the next opportunity. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's like, okay, what can we learn this year? It, it's kind of like you need to learn how to not be satisfied in the appropriate way. In the appropriate totally. way of never chasing the money, but chasing, you know, your knowledge. Yeah, and chasing and performance. Uh, performance and just tra tra tracing, uh, you know, chasing, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, excellence. Right. Just chasing. You Bettering be yourself. Yeah, you want to be better yourself. Yeah, not to, not to prove anything to anybody else. It's more to to have the opportunity. The better we get, the more we can give back to exactly. different things. Exactly. You know? And that is the ultimate goal. Totally. Okay. Well, Mark, thank you so much. You I bet. think we're at you about an hour. now. Yeah. Well, now you want to talk more, I'm sure. Maybe we'll fill them in number two. Yeah, there we go, man. Two. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This is a great opportunity. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate you your time. All right. Take care. Thanks. Awesome job, guys. We do good? Yeah, you did great. I think that was a great one. Okay, yeah. good. You did fantastic. Thank really you. good.